Hello? It is Overreaction Monday, October 19th, 2020, and we got a good show for you today. Obviously, we're overreacting to everything that happened yesterday in the world of the NFL. Are the Patriots dead? Are the Packers okay? Is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday tomorrow going to be the most electrifying and insightful conversation we've ever heard? I do believe so. Mm -hmm. A lot of conversation. A.Q. Shipley of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stops by a good friend of mine. Also, Darius Butler gives us some locks on some over-unders on pass yardage tonight. There's a back-to-back Monday night football game thing mm. going on. Let's go. Let's have a great Monday. We can't thank you enough. This show is brought to you by a company that tried to make drinking as convenient as possible. Back in the day, if you wanted to get a good vodka mule, what did you have to do, Ty? Go to some bar, see some mixologist. Probably hated being there. Yeah, it stunk. What happens if you wanted a Long Island iced tea? What you have to do? Same deal. Wait in line forever. Tip the guy. Oh, it's not strong enough. It's too strong. What about a Bloody Mary? Most of the time, making it yourself. What about a tequila thing? Same deal, you know, just a pain in the ass. Those days are no more, my friend. Really? Those days of having to depend on somebody else's pour to make you the perfect drink are long, long gone because our friends at Cutwater have canned cocktails that are award-winning and delicious. Yes, they are. I made in a brewery water. in San Diego. These aren't some bullshit cocktails. No, no. This is actual vodka meals, actual Long Island iced teas, actual Bloody Marys, all in a can with an incredible alcohol percentage in there and a taste that makes you think, wow, this is unbelievable. How have canned cocktails not been existence since now? It's a great question. I mean, the quarantine has brought us a lot of bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad, bad, bad. We don't have to dive into that, but the good, good, good that has come from this quarantine is our relationship with Cutwater. No more do you have to go to a bar that you don't know the people and you have to tip and pay at the door and sweat and all that stuff to get a perfectly crafted cocktail. No, no. Cutwater does it for you in their canned cocktails that are award winning. Right now, when you go to D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and you use promo code CUTWATERCLUTCH, that's C-U-T-W-A-T-E-R-C-L-U-T-C-H, you get $5 off your first order. That's drizzly.com, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Use promo code CUTWATERCLUTCH. You get $5 off your first order. Shout out to Cutwater. Shout out to you for listening. Let's get to this overreaction Monday, October 19th, 2020. <laughs> What an NFL Sunday we had yesterday. There was a couple blowouts. There were some massive comebacks, and the day was headlined by Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers having a massive dub over the incredibly hot, incredibly talented Green Bay Packers squad that traveled down to Tampa Bay and were up 10-zip until our guy. One of the hosts of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers threw a ball a little bit behind Devontae Adams. It was pick six, and then that was all she wrote. 38 straight points against the Green Bay Packers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronkowski seemed to be back. Tom Brady looked like he was feeling it, and that Todd Bowles defense down in Tampa was absolutely humming. And a lot of people are asking, is Aaron Rodgers going to come on to my show tomorrow? Is Aaron Rodgers going to own what happened tomorrow? I would assume this. Aaron Rodgers knew 
Well, maybe not. Maybe he didn't think he was going to go undefeated. We all knew whenever we set up this day or set up this show that there was a solid chance he was going to lose a game and he was going to have a conversation with us. Only the 1972 Dolphins went undefeated. But how will this conversation go tomorrow? I'll tell you where I'm going to lead it with. You can't do three pumps. jeez. Mm. Oh, you just can't do it. Can't do it. Hingle McCringleberry told us that on Key and Peel, and we learned that very quickly. But the football gods saw Aaron Rodgers do three incredibly long pumps, by the way. I don't know if everybody else saw that. Three pumps, and he was immediately punished after that. I'm going to ask him about the three pumps. I'm going to ask him if he thinks that is potentially what turned off the football gods, or was it just the fact that sometimes... Shit just doesn't work. That's just what happens. Now, granted, did we judge Josh Allen on a Tuesday night too quickly whenever sometimes something didn't happen? Of course. Will we do the same to Aaron? No way <laughs> in hell. And is that fair? Absolutely not. But Aaron Rodgers has proven time and time again that they can lose a game, a la last year. Coming off a bye week, which would have been a nice little piece of information to have maybe before this weekend from our friend Gumpy, oh, who drops geez. these absolute nukes. Last week they lost like 20, or last year they lost after the bye week like 28-7 or something like that. What did they do after that? Six straight dubs all the way into the NFC Championship game. The question on whether or not the Packers have been in this place before is yes, they have. The question on whether or not they'll be able to bounce back is answered with yes, they can. This Packers team is still very talented. Yes, Yesterday, they just ran into an ass beating from the Buccaneers that were very good. And we'll talk to Aaron about it all day tomorrow, third hour. Cannot Ooh, wait yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other things happen in the NFL. Obviously, the Patriots are dead. Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah, Patriots are dead. Jesus. They lost to Brandon McManus. Not even the Denver Broncos. They lost to a kicker who just had one of the biggest days in the history of kicking, especially whenever you talk about going into Foxborough and hitting a couple 50-yarders and then four more to win against the New England Patriots in the dynasty. And the interesting stat of this whole thing is the Patriots' loss was Bill Belichick's first loss as Patriots head coach when not allowing a TD because they didn't let up a touchdown. They were giving up field goals, which I thought was potentially going to be a problem because the Patriots, if you get a chance to score on them, you have to take advantage of it. That's that's been the story for the last 20 years. I'm assuming it's not going to change now. Field goal after field goal after field goal. We all assumed, okay, the Patriots are going to come back and win this thing. We thought that whenever they were down six or whatever going into their final drive, there's no chance that Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, and Ernie and Josh McDaniels don't just walk down the field here and then they kick the extra point and get a win in a game they're not supposed to get. But instead, they have an incompletion, a la something that they haven't had in a long, long time in those types of situations, and they lose in Cam Newton. Newton's first game back. A couple trick plays and other things like that. But people are asking, especially Patriots fans, does this team stink? Ooh. Oh, come on. Is this a new day in Foxborough? Please, no. Bill Belichick didn't give much, obviously, in his press conference afterwards. But I would assume that at Cam Newton, who had to miss a game, right, because he was sick, or not sick, but he was had COVID and Stephon Gilmore, maybe they were off just a little bit. And maybe just like Aaron Rodgers, maybe it was just a bad game. And maybe Cam Newton will return to form next week for the New England Patriots. Or maybe he won't. And maybe it will be Stidham time. But it I don't oh. think it's time to panic.
panic. It's overreaction Monday. But at Boston Connor, who is a Patriots mm. fan, oh. is overreacting in a massive fashion, basically saying the team stinks. Yeah, stinks. And that is kind of hard to listen to, to be honest with you, because even outsiders aren't turning on the Patriots yet. Mm-mm. But it does feel like mass holes are turning on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, it's difficult. You know, all these times we start two and two, you know, oh, well, that's the Patriot way. Don't start two and three, though. Usually we turn it on after that second loss. It's not good. We got to go eight and three the rest of the way. And with, when you look at the schedule, there's some very iffy moments there. Still got to play oh. the Bills twice. Well, and the Bills play tonight on Monday Night Football, which, by the way, we have another back to back Monday night, which is awesome. One game at five, one game at eight. You got the Cardinals, Cowboys, you got the Bills and the Chiefs. Patty Mahomes taking on Josh Allen. And there's a lot of conversation who can throw the ball further. I believe they both think they can. Patrick Mahomes once threw a ball out of a stadium (laughs) over there in Kansas City. And Josh Allen allegedly can just throw the ball further than Troy Aikman has ever seen a human throw Mm -hmm. a football before. He Troy Aikman, by the way, and Joe Buck, so incredibly good. And they're calling to get one of the games today, I believe. I'm not sure which one. But the thing about Troy Aikman but whenever he starts talking, I really, really like what he's saying, okay? I love what he's saying. I think Joe and Troy are criminally underrated as a broadcast pairing. You want to know who I've turned on completely? Hmm. Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Oh, <laughs> get him out! Oh. Get him out! Yeah, Listen, kind of I was a big, big, big Tony Romo, Jim Nance booth mm. fan. Big, big fan. Last two weeks, we've had some bad moments in that thing, though. Mm. Last week, he thought it was a cramp. Wasn't a cramp. I like being positive. I respect it, but just probably lay off there in that particular moment. This week, he started questioning whether or not he liked Mapletron. Hey, quick update, Tony. Nobody gives a fuck if you like it. Okay, the kid already has a trademark. He's already selling merch. I literally put out a tweet yesterday that said, Chase Claypool, very good at the football. The first 200 responses were Mapletron, 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 Uh Mapletron. Mapletron likes it, so nobody gives a fuck if you like it, Tony. Hate to break it to you, pal. And this is just coming weeks after they thought they created CEH as a nickname (laughs) for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I understand Tony Romo knows the game inside and out, but there's been a couple things that he has said that it makes me go, Tony, nobody gives a fuck, Tony, but... He's still better than a lot of the people that are on TV, so I guess we have to do that. So maybe I should kind of relax, but that's not what Overreaction Monday is all about. Let's get to it. At Tone Diggs is here. That game that Tony Romo and Jim were calling yesterday, Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns. We thought there was a chance that this was the best Cleveland Browns team coming into Pittsburgh in a long time. They had lost 16 straight in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, 23-2-1 against the Brownies. And yesterday, it was a slaughtering tone. You had to be basking in Jurgens yesterday while watching that entire operation. Uh, yeah, I was very happy, not only for that, but 2020 has been a wild year, a lot of unexpected things, but Earth is finally healing because you can tell because the Browns are still the same old brownies. They fucking stink, dude. They'll always stink. They'll never be good. I mean, little brother came into town and got their fucking ass off. Alright, so we say Aaron <laughs> Rodgers just had a mishap. Josh Allen last week just had a mishap. With the brownies, though, you're not even thinking about that, strictly because in the AFC North, especially with what Lamar Jackson is doing, and the, the pundits and the conversation, the people that do the same exact job that we do, they're asking the question, are the Baltimore Ravens too much of Lamar Jackson? It's like, yeah, that's what their team is, dude. You don't remember they got rid of everybody. They brought in like three tight end sets. They are just setting up for Lamar Jackson. And he gets a win against Philadelphia, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are hot. Cincinnati Bengals, they 
They're up 21 zip on the Colts yeah. or whatever. They're going to mm-hmm. be able to figure it out. That AFC North does not have time for you to have any hiccups right no, no, now. No, no. And the Cleveland Browns took their best team in there, and it feels like that was not a good outcome, but maybe they'll be able to bounce back. Maybe they'll be able to bounce back. That Steelers team looks very good, though. That defense is unbelievable. The Steelers have had three-plus sacks and an interception in every single game this season. Wow. That is a winning recipe, and it doesn't feel like they're slowing down, by the way. If you watch that Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland Browns game yesterday, the thing that I noticed was the D-line, TJ, Cam, Dupree, Alu Alu, which, by the way, I guess he was a first-round yep. first pick years mm-hmm. ago, and now he's like really coming into his own. There's an entire crew. That, they're all competing against each other mm-hmm. to get sacks. It's not like we hope we get a sack, because there's some teams that get like one sack a game, and it's like, okay, we're off and running here. That D-line is like, no, no, we're, we all need to at least get one here. They're all eating, 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 and it's next level. And the things that I enjoyed yesterday, a little bit dirtbag football, uh, I think some people from the outside would say, but it's I think North. anybody that played in the NFL would say like yeah that's what we do every D lineman every time they tackled Baker yesterday was punching him in the ribs while tackling him. He had bruised ribs going into the game. Cam Hayward had a sack yesterday where I think he dove with both of his fists like this right into his ribs. Then there was another sack late in the game. Bud Dupree was holding him up. T.J. Watt came in, bang, trying to punch out the ball, obviously. They hit his ribs more than any quarterback's been hit, and that team looked defeated the entire day. I think it was 17-zip early very quickly. Mm -hmm. There was a pick six maybe in the second series. I mean, that Mm -hmm. thing was over very quick, and there was no let-up. Mason Rudolph, the man who got his helmet taken off his head and bashed with it last year. He even got in at the end of the game to do a little victory lap celebration. There was no fight with Miles Garrett, but the Cleveland Browns are very much opening up for the discussion that they are the same old brownies tone. They're the same old Browns, it feels like. I mean, they were doing it for Miles, so they must hate Miles a lot in that locker room, uh, apparently. But no, yeah, it was just from top to bottom. I mean, everyone, some people were talking about, where's Minka? Minka first series pick six to the house. Who are you? Who was saying that, by the way? Ryan Clark last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did potentially say that last week, but, I mean, that just happens. But, no. Hey, by the way, Ryan Clark holding people accountable, and all of a sudden they get a pick six in the second series all of a sudden. Third and ones, fourth and ones, they were getting absolutely stuffed on all of those. I mean, Devin Bush injury is is very bad. It's very, very bad. But other than that, offense looks incredible. Steelers are in a good spot. Did lose a couple players yesterday, uh, potentially to ACLs Mm -hmm. around the NFL. Devin Bush uh, allegedly, no, he definitely tore his ACL. Yeah. Taylor Lewan, I don't think it has been officially announced. Friend of the show, not a hundred percent host of Busting with the Boys, not a hundred percent sure if he has a torn ACL. His tweet has said basically uh, keep it moving or whatever. We're positive around here, but I do believe that in 2020 we're at a time. Now I know the doctors are kind of focused on other things right now, right? Sure, doctors are trying to you know mm-hmm. create the entire. Uh, vaccine thing right, all that yeah. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. but I think at some point here in the near future because if you look just what 10 years ago uh, maybe 15 20 years ago the ACL injury was a career ender mm-hmm. like hey it, yeah. it is over you tore your ACL now it's become a surgery where you're it's definitely a season ender but you'll be back by next at some point the ACL is no longer just going to be a season ender right at, at some point the super docs are going to be able to figure out a way just to pop another one back in there, maybe rub it a little bit, smack it, and get them back in there. Because as soon as you hear ACL, it's like, ah, done for. It'd be cool if in the near future that was no longer. Because anytime you hear somebody tears their ACL, you're like, well, that team is mightily affected for the rest of the season all of a sudden. Taylor Lewan for the Tennessee Titans. Now, granted, he was out in an overtime 
Derrick Henry played quarterback and just ran over <laughs> it. Just ran over the Texans. But that's a massive loss, I would assume, if he is out. Locker room-wise, on the field-wise, everything like that. And Devin Bush, that defense is unbelievable in Pittsburgh, losing a very, very big yep. piece of it. I mean, that is tough. And maybe doctors, maybe down our UPMC in Pittsburgh will be able to figure out the little ACL surgery. Well, Bob Spillane came in and, and played great, so we're not worried about it. We're not too concerned about it. Hey, he, he had some interesting tats, didn't he? If I do recall, whenever I saw him coming, I think he's got the old barbed wire. Uh, Nice. He's slow as shit, but he hits like a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> that was that Nick Morado. We watched the game together yesterday at my house because he just moved into yeah. a new house, didn't have TV, mm, so he came Nick. over. Hey, congrats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, boy, Nick. Thank you, thank you. That Steelers game, though, I mean, it was a total ass beating. And at Ty Schmidt, you saw the ass beating from the different perspective yesterday. How did the day uh, come to you? How was that game watching it? Was it heartbreaking, terrible, or just like, yeah, this is kind of uh, something that happens? Yeah, I mean, Roger said it after the game. You know, they needed to get their asses kicked. They needed kind of a, a snap of reality so i mean they look good early they were up 10 nothing i think if rogers doesn't throw that pick they may end up steamrolling you know tampa Ooh. bay but it is what it is i'm not going to overreact i mean if you do want somewhat of an overreaction i think that defense still fucking stinks so that could be an issue going <laughs> forward but i mean it's one game hey guess what that's the nfl baby you're not going to have you know pocket aces every week tom brady and byron left which did seem to absolutely stump mike Pettin. I mean, yeah. Rob Gronkowski, if that's going to be the Rob Gronkowski for the rest of the year, Uh-oh. problematic for the NFC South. He was getting targeted. He was making big plays. I don't know why he spiked it with his left hand. Huh. Huh. It's been a while. What's going on there? You know, a year out of the game, he might be thinking, you know, a lot of people were talking about how I could only spike with my right hand. Now that I'm back, I should probably try spiking my left. Oh, so it's like the Gronk spike oh. 2.0. Exactly. Uh, okay. Trying to prove people. I will say that that thing is going to have to make up some time to get to that Gronk spike on the right. Because yeah. you got to remember, people have been spiking. Spiking footballs for decades. It's called the Gronk spike. Like he kind of just took it completely over. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, that's the Gronk spike or whatever. Now he moves it to his weaker hand. Uh-oh. That thing's going to have to get going, but it might be a 2.0. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not 100% sure. But that Buccaneers team, defense looked really good at the football. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing. Rodgers was under duress all day. He got hit more in that game than he has all season so far. Hopefully, Bakhtiari's not hurt for a long time. He went down, and the O-line kind of was just in disarray after that. But, I mean, hey, you know what? Turn around, uh, make some corrections, and and go get a win next week. Uh, The YouTube comment section is telling us that Gronk said his shoulder on his right side was banged up. So the commitment commitment to the spike... Still remains. Wow. He said, hey, can't do it on this arm. I'll do it on this arm. Even more so, Gronkowski's back. Mm-hmm. And remember, there was a couple times just a couple weeks ago where uh, Bruce Arian said he's a tight end. Like, yeah, we got wide receivers. What do we even throw tight ends for? And then uh, the stats of the amount of touchdowns that mm-hmm. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski have together. He's like top three in NFL history, top four in NFL history. Yep. Whenever you see that stat, which, by the way, I forgot about. I completely forgot about them mm-hmm. being that high when it comes to a touchdown duo or whatever. When you see that stat and you think back to the thought that they weren't going to have him catch balls you immediately go what a fucking dumb situation (laughs) but then once you see tom brady easily targeting gronkowski Mm -hmm. there was only a matter of time before bruce byron left which everybody in tampa was like uh we should probably we should probably just go ahead and start doing this and all the people said he was washed up he took a screen yesterday where he didn't pull away from anybody he picked up like four yards maybe in the past he gets uh by somebody but he's still making incredible catches still making incredible and he's locking people down on the offensive line so maybe it did take a little bit for gronk to be back but as of yesterday it's like well add the uh top 100 tight end of all time 
to the list of things that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got going for him, alongside having Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, who is the only running back I think to have three straight 100-yard mm-hmm. rushing games and everything like that, and a defense that is a problem going forward. Plus, Godwin being back yesterday, mate, you could tell it made a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, and I'm just glad that that thug, you know, Dominican Sue didn't uh, take <laughs> out Rodgers because he definitely looked like he wanted to. They were uh, jawing quite a bit. I am, I am pumped to talk to Tom Brady about what what was being said between you know, old him and Sue. I was excited to hear what was because being said. Because I think he's the he's Sue's one of the only guys who like you generally like okay, Rodgers cannot stand him. Like he usually is pretty jovial on the field and like laughing with guys. He hates Sue. It was interesting because there was a lot of chirping of Aaron that was going on. He was walking it off from uh, the Tampa Bay side, and the shot was coming from the Packers sideline. And there was somebody behind him, like saying something. And Aaron was just taking off his thing and just jogging off. I'm like, I wonder how happy people were. They're like, you don't get a lot of days like this with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah. let's make sure we take advantage of it. There's not a lot of days where you get to say, "Oh, you trash, Aaron." Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of days that you can say that to Aaron Rodgers. And it felt like the Buccaneers were taking advantage of that mm-hmm. as much as they possibly could. I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow to hear what he. There's no way he tells us. No. Way. no. No, no chance. There's no way. We might play like hot or cold, where I just start saying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, hey, just tell me if I'm getting there. Blink like, once. Did he say you were a bitch? Did he say that? Like, and he'd be like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about private conversations on the field. They were trying though. Those camera people were zooming in as close as they mm-hmm. could on his face. Every thought that he had, they had a full screen of his face making said reaction. There was like what, like an eye roll or something like that, and they were zoomed in got right him, on his got face. Him. Was that the most zoomed in game of all time though? <laughs> I for Brady, like the he was at goal line and they were like literally his both eyeballs took up the whole screen. At Viva Lazito there, we'll get to his big ass poll here in a second. It wasn't just that game, by the way. Whenever Baker Mayfield jogged on the field the, for the first series, the camera was like touching him. It felt like, <laughs> and they have the they have a guy who or a girl who who's out there who jogs alongside with the camera. That was the closest I think I've ever seen a camera. Like Baker had to like move them to get to the <laughs> huddle. Like, excuse me, it feels like the NFL productions because there isn't as many crowd and things oh, like that. They're closer now. They're getting right? a lot better. I, I feel like they're getting really good shots, almost like yeah. movie shots at this point. I'm yeah. liking what the NFL is doing, by the way, covering it. But those close ups, man, they were trying to catch Aaron doing something. They were trying to catch mm-hmm. Aaron, like, oh, these mother. Because imagine uh, these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a great gift, by the way. I hope they get it. Can't wait to chat with him about it. Uh, at Viva Lazita, what is your poll for the day, please? Uh, the massive poll today is who's the best uh, five-win quarterback in the NFL? Oh, isn't that convenient? Yeah, well, well, well. Yeah, it's Why very would, convenient. What do you mean? Uh, Mr. Unlimited is at 57%. Shocking. Uh, Big Ben, 16.5%. Ryan Tannehill, 125 And Big Paul Foles, 139 How many wins does Nick Foles There's have? The uh, he has two. So, so this is a who's the best as a starter, but yeah. this poll says who's mm-hmm. the best five win quarterback in the NFL because well, you did a, this to yeah. remind everybody that the Chicago Bears are five and one. Correct. That is uh, well, one player doesn't bingo. just win the game; it's a team effort. So, but he didn't even see the field at all. In those yeah, the question it matter, still a team effort. You know? a in so practice, he, he upped the defense. So, hey, hey, by the way, as a punter, if I'm on a five win team, I'm saying we got exactly. five wins. Exactly, so yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Now, the other four... Very ha- me players out of all you guys. Well, that. just the well, phrasing of the questions. Just, no, that's fine. You can be hey, me players. how about the Bears, by the way? Oh, fuck. We're 5-1. We're the worst team. Uh, speaking of, let's put up the sidebar that Zito put together. <laughs> yeah! He was real pumped Woo! to do the uh, the SpongeBob. Oh, oh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. Bears are the worst 5-1 team. They Bear down. Though. They were. 
And they are, by the way. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you get a win, who cares? There's this entire rant that Nick Foles went on, oh. by the way, oh. after the game that makes me really question because we don't know much about Big Pole Foles, right? Not we, much. Don't really know much. We know that he almost retired. He went out into the woods, didn't do any drugs at all with his brother-in-law. <laughs> sure, sure, came sure. back, decided to play football, goes to the, back to the Eagles again, backup quarterback, has that magical run, becomes Super Bowl MVP. The Eagles say, nah, we want Carson Wentz. We don't want you to be here. Kick him out of town. He gets $80 million or whatever from Jacksonville. Gets hurt throwing a touchdown for them. They see Gardner Minshew, <laughs> and they kick him out of town. Get the hell out of here. And now Mitch Trubisky allegedly beats him out for the first game. He becomes a quarterback, though, for a team that's 5-1. and one. Mitchell Trubisky gets benched while being an undefeated quarterback. And here we are getting a chance to see Nick Foles as like a starter on a good team, which brings a lot of press. And uh-huh. we're getting a chance to hear him talk. This is what he said after the game yesterday. And I'll tell you what, I can't believe Jacksonville said, get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> right? they're not trying to lose. They're trying to win games down there in Jacksonville. <laughs> I cannot believe that the Philadelphia Eagles were like, yep, get this guy the hell out of our building. Listen to this speech that Nick Foles gives after a big win yesterday for the Chicago Bears. Ah. Now, we're not going to get complacent and say, hey, man, we're 5-1, and one. this is it. No, like we're sitting there in the locker room after the game talking through it. Hey, we got to be better here. This is what we got to do here. Communication here, route running here. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball here. We know that. I know you're all going to ask those questions. We know that. Yeah, we know. And that's what's dude. exciting because we don't have to have y'all say, hey, yes. you're doing this. Hey, we know. Mm-hmm. But we also know that we're going to improve because oh. we believe in one another. Yeah. And that's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win Fire a game. Up. Bad teams – Win with prettiness. What? Great teams win no matter how it takes. I don't know. Oh. I'm proud of our guys. I love that. I, I, I think we're continuing to improve. Are we where we want to be? There. No, we're not where we want to be. But I'm excited about our offense. I'm ex- excited about the guys that are there. I like the communication that's happening on the side. I love the passion of the players. Most important, they care. And mm-hmm. we're bonding. We're getting to know each other. That's mm-hmm. football. Like, you that's don't just go out there football, and play football. Baby. You got to care about the man next to you uh-huh. to make those plays. Uh-huh. So, I like where we're at. I know we're going to improve. I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. Any questions? That's a hilarious way to open up a press conference, by the way. <laughs> I know this is what y'all going to say. I just want to let you know we are, yeah, he did fuck my girl. I did grow up <laughs> in the trailer park. He really did the B-Rabbit there, uh, Eminem. But it was smart. He lost uh, his he lost his flow there in the middle of the promo a little bit where mm-hmm. he said uh, bad teams win with prettiness. It was like, well, bad teams are actually the Jets, and they don't win at all. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying is they're able to win those ugly games, and that's because if you listen to the way he's talking, they're coming together in that locker room. Oh, yeah. They're playing for yeah. each other, just not alongside each other. That's a big deal because it felt like last year the defense hated the offense mm-hmm. because the defense early was just dominant, dominant, dominant. And Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky, for whatever reason, and whoever's fault it was couldn't do a damn thing. And it felt like the defense just gave up at one point. They're like, all right, no matter what we do, they're going to stink on that side. Now, you got a lot of players saying, Allen Robinson said, like, yeah, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. He's been there. Like, that's our guy, basically. Matt Nagy and he seemed to be on the same page. He didn't have a great start. Uh, I mean, granted, in the second half when he came in and lit up the team, it was unbelievable. But his next game did not play good. And there was no waiver from anybody. Like, nope, this is our guy. This is our guy. And after listening to him speak, yep. Hey, not a bad leader, old Nick oh, Foles. Not at all. Super Bowl MVP, oh yeah. You don't hear that out of NFL quarterbacks a lot in the press. Like oh, in a, that press conference right there. Did you know anything about him as a Bears fan? Uh, personally, like that fiery side, no. The last press conference, he basically said he loves getting those fights, and I love that about him, and I knew that was going to come. Warrior. So you don't know. That was an awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, that was When I saw that, I was like, is, is that what Big Pole Foles? Mitchell ain't doing it. 
There was a no. couple times on the sideline where exactly. he went on the side and just started yelling at linemen, kind of like not really yelling, but like re, yeah, firing him up, and that's what he kind well, of. Well, and then if I do recall, there was a couple games ago where he wasn't playing great or whatever, and he was talking to Nagy, and he was like, mm -hmm. "Hey, we gotta yeah, go yeah. against the Bucks." It feels like Big Paul Foles like wants to be the guy in Chicago. Like, yeah. hey, I would like to be the guy here. This is I would, which by the way. It sounds like an obvious statement, but I'm talking about for the long haul. Yeah, the future. He's like, oh, yeah. I want to be the guy here. Like this oh, yeah. is this is going to be a culture that we're going to build. And the question is, if that happens and you guys are successful, which you are, by the way, five Thank and you. one right now. Thank you very much. Five and one. Right. Congrats. No victory stakes because you got got. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with the got. <laughs> I got to eat fish now. Which gout, by the way, is the king's disease. So. That's a royal problem you're having over there. I am having a royal problem. <laughs> royal bears. Are the Bears winning potentially detrimental to Zito's health? Without question. Yes. Absolutely. All these victories. If I die, I die. All right. I respect it. But <laughs> what she did this yeah. weekend. This means the Nagy's going to be around, by the way, for a long time. Oh. Is that the guy you want to be the head coach of Chicago Bears for the yeah, long time? Yeah, should we kick uh, Pace out? Oh, pace grab Maybe Nagy gets a Bill O'Brien like deal. Oh. <laughs> He's general manager, yep. lead counsel, play caller, and head yeah. coach. Not a bad idea. Start 0 5 next year. No, 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 no. Doesn't work like that. Oh. He'll be successful at it because yeah. Bill Belichick is good at it. Yes. Mm -hmm. so true. Bill so O'Brien's good. Yeah. Nagy will be yeah, good. Yeah. Same thing, basically. <laughs> we have a man who's a national champion and a Super Bowl champion from the Ohio State. And we have a man who is still in the NFL, current center uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Penn State Nittany Lion. Whoa. I'm not sure these two have ever been on at the same exact time, but boy, I feel like if they don't know each other, they are going to like each other a lot. Uh, AQ Shipley and AJ Hall. Yeah! How's it going, AQ? Uh, real quick before we dive into football. Great to see you, AJ, by the way. You look fantastic. Uh, AQ, thanks for wearing the mask. It's going to take all of us. Take all of us. Take all of us, AQ. Good boat. I've always been a big believer in the COVID, so I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to do my part. You know? For those that don't keep up with the show and might not have known us before we got on Sirius XM, <laughs> AQ Shipley, uh, before he was in Tampa Bay, he was in Arizona. And while the entire state of Arizona seemed to not believe in COVID, AQ was making making sure everybody was wearing masks all around Phoenix, and that's why he's a real hero on and off the field. AQ, before we get to the football talk, I know you're a big hockey fan, co-host of That's Hockey Talk with Nick Morato. Doc Emmerich, legendary voice of hockey, one of the most smooth, excitable, incredible, candor individuals to ever call a game has retired. Do you have any thoughts on old Doc Emmerich as a diehard uh, hockey fan from Hockey Town? That's just the year 2020 for us, right? I mean, God, I mean, he's he's been a legend in the sports world for us, hockey town, USA. Yes, bingo. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bingo. You know? Yep. Uh, Evan, he's a guest. Shut yeah, the fuck up. It, it, it's a tough one. We're going to have to listen to a bunch of slap picks calling games now. I don't like it one bit, but... Here we are. It's 2020 for you. All right, let's talk about football in 2020. I listened to Tom Brady do an interview with EA uh, Aaron Andrews, and he talks about how normally – in his world, he was the constant, and then new people were coming to him for the offense. This year, he gets dropped into a brand-new offense, and he thought that without the preseason games, it actually potentially affected him this year, and he never thought he would say that in years past. Being in the building as a man who was a late signee in training camp to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what has it been like kind of watching that team come together? Because, by the way, this is something we all thought was going to happen, but yesterday against the uh, the Packers, defense, offense, special 
special teams wise everything seems to be clicking down in tampa what is it and how has it been to kind of watch the team come together yeah, it's been cool. There's no there's no question about that. I mean, I think uh, I mean I think everybody kind of knew that there was a lot of moving pieces with this team, um, including myself, right? Coming coming late and just kind of getting there and watching all the new pieces kind of come together. Getting Fournette late, right? And you know, really haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he's going to be coming back here pretty soon. And um, you know, we got a lot of a lot of talent offensively. We got a lot of new pieces, and you knew it was kind of going to be a work in progress. And um, they spent a lot of money on defense, and they built this team around defense. And, man, did they show up yesterday in a, in a big way. They looked incredible. They've looked incredible for us all year. And uh, with Tom, I mean, it's going to just keep getting more more comfortable every week. And um, I think you just kind of saw him scratching the surface yesterday. AQ, I know uh, there's always rumors that, that Tom was leaving Pittsburgh, leaving New England. Sorry for you Pittsburgh guys. But leaving New England – because he uh, he wanted more like wanted with some more power wanted more say like what's it like what's it like in Tampa now with him at the helm like is it similar to what you've seen other other teams and how their quarterback is hmm. well I mean it's you, you can't question obviously his ability you can't question his resume so um, this is the first time I've seen input get put into a BA system which is crazy <laughs> you know he he, he kind of he believes in his system it's won Super Bowls he's um, a very firm believer in his system and, and how it works. And so um, watching Tom kind of get a little bit of input and kind of get to um, tweak a few things here and there, it, it's been cool. And, and they obviously work and you obviously trust it because he's been so good for such a long time. So, um, you know, I've been in this system, I think, nine out of my 12 years. And just to watch it kind of evolve a little bit further and do some different things with Tom has been cool to watch because he, he definitely has his say in some things. Now, it, it looks like this is paying off. What is the differences? I, I mean, you hear the commentators talking like, well, he doesn't want to have to throw it 55 times. What are, what are some differences in the BA system? Because you listen to Carson Palmer talk about BA system. He's like, first year is in it. He threw the most picks he's ever thrown in his entire life. Jameis Winston, he obviously threw, what, 30 picks last year. Tom threw a couple early. What is it about the system that could potentially be, you know, difficult for a new quarterback in this I mean, what are some of the little subtle changes that we could potentially keep an eye on for? Yeah, there was a couple questions there. I think I'll start with what is the most difficult thing. I think uh, I think in most West Coast schemes, you don't got There's not a lot of reading. Every, the, all the hots and sights are built into it. Um, in this system, it's all you know. A team starts in cover three, they roll to cover two. You know, there's a whole lot of intricacies. You know, moving parts real quick in a in a split second. That quarterback, receivers, tight ends, everybody's all got to be on the same page. And um, from a from an offensive line standpoint, you know, it's always you're we're always kind of looking at things based on you know the shell looking out over the slot. Can he come? Can he not come? And really they take it a step further seeing who can cover who can't cover so there's there's so many different kind of moving parts from you know that standpoint but um you know he's, he's 40 whatever years old he, he don't he don't want to get seven step and get hit a bunch of times so i think you know the quicker he can get the ball out and him being you know just aware of where everything is and his hots his sights and kind of you know who he's going to throw to kind of pre-snap i think will will help him out and i think it's it's showing it as he gets more comfortable from week to week Hey, AQ, I know you have uh, you have a long like a you go back a long ways with BA. Is he uh, like what's he like in Tampa compared to what he's been like other places? He's he's the same guy. I mean, it's uh, it's it's funny because he's he's relinquished some of that power from calling plays. Byron left, which is doing all the play calling, and 
Um, but he's still the same fiery guy. I mean, if, if, if he sees something and he's in the golf cart, he's, he's getting out of that golf cart and motherfucking people. <laughs> That's who he is. That's who he's always been. It's good to see. It's good to see him still have that. Um, he's not, a, he's not a man of many words on leading up to games or even on game day, but there's such a presence about him. There's always been a presence about him. I think Pat, you can, you can attest to that and you know, he means business and you know what he wants. And, um, a few words go a long way in his way, in, in, in his case. The night before the game, different coaches have different strategies for motivating because there's always this team meeting the night before the game. We, You've all seen the Hard Knocks clip where Rex Ryan gives a full thing and then he goes, let's go get a fucking snack. And then he just <laughs> walks out like, those meetings with BA were uh, uh, next week, let's have a highlight film, let's have speakers. Get the fucking job done. And we watch the highlight and then we're done. That was literally all he talked about. And he, I think he said one of his first meetings was like uh, – I think he even said, like, I'm not, I'm not one that likes to talk before games or whatever. I just want to look you in the eyes before the game and see if you're scared or not. I want, to, I want to know if you're a scared man or not. And if you are, I don't want you on my team. And if you aren't, let's go and get it. Like, that is literally how he – that is how Bruce Arians operates on a day-to-day. It's like, I just want to look in your eyes and see if you're scared or not. And I think, to be honest, I think that's why B.A. and I got along so much because I would, you know, my faux enthusiasm be like, oh, yeah, we go, hey, <laughs> hey, we can go fucking get this, B.A. a wall with that one. Yeah, yeah, I think B.A. Yeah. is, is – one of those guys and yesterday you saw rob gronkowski like go big like he won ham in practice uh you've got to see the behind the scenes here we've only seen the public conversation that has happened with you know the original conversation was maybe gronk isn't the same gronk maybe he doesn't want to get hit he's been out for two years maybe he's pulling back on some balls then the conversation went to ba saying we got wide receivers that's who we throw the balls to we're not throwing the balls to tight end then gronk comes out and says i'm a blocking tight end like if that's what they want me to do they want me to do behind the scenes has it been obvious that you guys are trying to work in Gronk more and more because on game days and in public, it looks like Tom Brady's like, uh, yeah, I know you guys want him to block and all that, but he's a uh, top 100 in the history of the NFL at tight end. And we have a lot of records. Let's get him the rock a little bit more. Has it been like, has it felt, have you been able to feel that behind the scenes? I think it's one of those things where, you know, he, he's always involved. We got so much talent at the skill positions, including the tight end. I mean, this is the, it's as good of a tight end room as I've ever I've ever been around. I mean, obviously we lost OJ Howard, but I mean, if, to start the season, you had him, you had Gronk, you had Cam Bray, right? I mean, those are three stud tight ends. So there's only one ball to go around. I think that's all BA was trying to say, right? It's it's there's so much talent in the receiver room, there's so much talent at running back, there's so much talent at tight end. There's only one ball. It, it, it was just a matter of time before he got his touches and he got his catches, and and, and they've shown up in a big way. Definitely yesterday, he had the big big touchdown. He had the big ball on the on the little over out and um you know i mean that's that's you're gonna see more and more of him i mean he's obviously one of the best if not the best tight end to ever play and um you'd be kind of a fool to not get him involved right hey what was the feeling like leading up to this game i mean i i think everyone was excited to watch it i don't know if everyone expected you guys to to beat him like you did like did was it different this week you remember those games aj i'm sure i mean just i mean those 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 you know, you're getting ready to play an undefeated team. You're getting ready to play a big matchup. It just feels different that yeah. week in practice, right? I mean, I think Thursday, I mean, Coach talked about it all week, and we had a really good practice <laughs> Thursday, and it was kind of one of those things, and it was like, hey, listen, you know, the, you, we won this game on Thursday with our practice, which is which is Coach speaking a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, we showed up. Everybody kind of knew it was one of those big games, and we had to kind of we, – we couldn't, we couldn't afford to lose two in a row, especially, you know, we're getting ready to play Vegas this week, which is another big game. Mm. Um you know, so I think everybody kind of had just like a little bit more sense of urgency this week. Um, 
and it, it showed up on, on Sunday. I mean, it didn't show up right away, but once we got rolling and got, got a little momentum going, it was it was good to see. That defense is stupid over there. In practice, do they give you guys pro- – I would assume they give you guys problems in practice. I mean, for, for, if we just take the talent away, if we just don't even talk about the talent, you just talk about the scheme – it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. I mean, I mean, I remember in training camp when you, when you don't have to worry about game plan and you don't have to worry about anything. And Bulls is just dialing stuff up every day. It's something different, you know. And it's there's so many different schemes. There's so many. He's so creative and how he and how he gets to what he wants to get to. And um, it's a nightmare trying to identify it. And then, not to mention, you put Will Golston and Dom Sue, JPP, uh, Shaq Barrett. Levante David, Devin. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. And um, trying to block those guys, you know, especially when you get in those uncomfortable situations at third and six or longer, and they can kind of just dial up what they want to dial up. And yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Hey, but you guys, your defense, like, you have to have special guys. Like, you have to have very intelligent players, too, I think, to be able to run a scheme like that and to run it well and not just have a bunch of missed assignments and free runners all over. Like, could you tell that these guys are, are different on defense? Yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, they're they're smart football players. Sue's played a long time. A lot of all those guys have played a long time, right? So, they got all those little intricacies. They know how to jump the counts. They know how to see the things pre-snap. And um, you know, there's so many. You're right. I mean, there's so many different things, especially when you're dialing up all that stuff, knowing who to peel, when to peel, all that stuff. With you know, end on bag or whoever it is, right? And um, you know, you've seen it time and time again where. where somebody doesn't peel and then they got a 80 yard touchdown right so you, you, you're right you got to have the guys and i think we have the guys i mean i think it's showing up on sundays too somebody in the comment section just said um his name's carl mailman malone says i feel like this guy with the red mask knows all the fire barbecue spots low-key in every city <laughs> you do by the way that's a great read by carl that is it's a great read that's a great read <laughs> Not many good ones in Tampa, though. I'll tell you that one. Oh, oh no. Hey, speaking of, let's talk about Tampa. Since your arrival, obviously the Lightning win. Now uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays, Rays are in the World Series. The Buccaneers are getting hot. Do you think you are potentially a reason oh. why Tampa Bay has become such a hot spot for, uh, for success here in the sports world? I just – I told Nick – and, and boys, whenever we were on uh, Hockey Talk, listen, I just find different cities and become the city of champions wherever I go. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. It happened for a while in Pittsburgh. I brought it down here. I think it's me. I don't know. I think it's the red mask and, and the same six outfits that I wear daily. I, speaking of same six outfits, you do live like a college human as a uh, full-blown adult now at this point. You will wear the same clothes every single day, and you will not slow down, even if it smells like absolute dog shit. You will. Weekly, weekly outfits and Crocs. That's my go-to. Yeah, you wow. are a big Crocs guy. You and Luke Combs, for sure. Let's talk about college, okay? Because you two, obviously, Big Ten folks coming back this week. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. feel about the Big Ten's decision to? And this is going to crash our numbers on the internet because nobody cares about the Big Ten on the internet. I've learned, but the nobody AQ fucking nobody cares. We'd rather people. Who, who do we care about? The Big Twelve? Is that who we care about? No, no, <laughs> no. We don't actually. It's SEC or nothing on the internet. But the uh, Big Ten comes back this weekend. How do you feel as a Penn State alumni? Obviously, as a man that played for Penn State, notable Penn State. Joe knew everything. Like the what do Yikes. you? What do you? What what are your thoughts on the Big Ten coming back as a Penn State alum, dude? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think football is good for everybody. I mean, I think, um, 
you know, it gives you it gives you something to just kind of take your mind off of mm-hmm. the world, right? It gives you something mm-hmm. to take your mind off of everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people have expressed that. And the Big Ten getting back, I think, is a, a great step. And uh, we've got a big clash Halloween against uh, the old Buckeyes over there. Oh, Uh-oh. you guys got a chance? You guys going to keep it within twenty? Uh, you think it's tough? I mean, they've been they've been really good for a long time now. They're both top, top. ten. Uh, Penn State's top ten. Penn State's seven, and Ohio State is five. Oh, yeah, so you got to feel James Franklin's doing the right thing. You guys are number seven in the country, and I haven't even played a damn game. James Franklin is a guy. I think I've heard you say that you feel like can take the team right to the top if he had to. Yeah, I mean, they, but they, you know, with this whole <laughs> the whole delay thing. <laughs> Please, this whole this whole delay thing caused Michael Parsons one of the best. If he's probably gonna be a top five pick off downs, I don't like that move one bit. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it one bit. Hey, let's move this one on. Guys, you know, AQ, did you talk to Tom about the fourth? Uh, him thinking it was five downs. No, see, uh, apparently the sticks crew had it wrong. Oh. That's what oh. The sticks crew had the three, so he was like, "What's going on here?" That's is that I, breaking news? Wow, yeah, is, wait, is, that, is that breaking news right there? What I've been told. <laughs> wow, he's the, greatest, he's the greatest to ever do it. He's not forgetting what down it. Let's be honest. With you. What is he like as a human, by the yeah, way? Is he just a robot of a? Ma- I saw him selling uh, some chocolate on the internet. I was like, okay, this guy might be a robot, but he seems to have a good personality. Then he did that Howard Stern interview. I got to learn a little bit more about him. Is he a robot? Is he a real human? What is he as a teammate? Have you gotten a chance to learn about him? Yeah, no, he's, he's a great teammate. He's, he's a good guy. He's one of the guys. He just uh, just happens to playing every other Super Bowl and win six of them. Just, that's just uh, that's the only other thing. Hmm. So he's not a robot? No, he's not a robot. Does he towel whip? Does he what? Nobody towel whips in 2020, dude. Really? Alright, that's it. Hey Q, what do you got for the day? You got anything going on? Is this body recovery day? Did you guys have practice? You go over film? Not much wrong. We went, we, yeah, we did the normal 11 to 3, watch or whatever it is, 11 to 2, watch the film, get a lift in, keep it moving. My parents are in town. They drove Ooh, down. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. Mr. I'm going to show them around Tampa, show them some barbecue spots. Yeah, <laughs> so we appreciate you. Congrats on the win. Keep it moving. Can't wait to see what you do. By the way, end of the game, I saw him run right oh, behind yeah. you the entire time, Pat. Right yeah. behind that fat ass at center right there. I appreciate that. Specimen. Specimen. <laughs> that's what I was told. That's what I read on the uh, on the internet, right? Hey, Amen. That specimen, ladies oh. and gentlemen, is AQ Stripper. We've already talked about the Bucks and the Packers. 38-10. Aaron Rodgers looked not as godlike as he had looked in the first couple games. Is it the Todd Bowles defense? Was it something on his side? Is it the fact that the last three games coming out of bye weeks, they have gone 0-3? In last year, after a bye week lost 28-7 to or something like that, they rattled off six wins in a row right after mm-hmm. that. So, will we expect the same thing for the backers? We shall ask Aaron tomorrow on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. But if you're a Buccaneers fan, you should be pretty pumped up in one hour. We have Alan Quay Shipley, A.Q. Shipley, Tampa Bay Buccaneers center who was you know the the final piece 
to the Buccaneers dub last night yep. against the Green Bay Packers. He'll be joining us here. It feels like that team has it figured out. And by figuring it out, I mean their defense is unbelievable. Uh, Tom Brady isn't throwing it 55, 60 times a game. They're handing it off a lot. Ronald Jones, the running back, is the only running back with three straight 100-yard games. That Gronkowski connection with Tom Brady seems to be back. If you're a Buccaneers fan, and if you're potentially a guy who hosts a radio show on Sirius XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, you should be pretty excited about your prediction for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl because that team now, after week six here, seems to be gelling, seems to be figuring it out, and we knew it could take some time because it's Tom Brady in a new place. No offseason, no preseason, no OTAs. They're figuring it out. Will they be able to continue it? We shall see. Joining us now is a man who was drafted by the New England Patriots, played a long time for the Indianapolis Colts. He played corner. He played safety. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, which I would recommend checking out. Ladies and gentlemen, Derry Spud. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, ter- terrible connection. we got to call you back. Terrible. Yeah, you look terrible. I mean, it's just terrible because you're. It just looks terrible. Yeah, I got yeah, it. It's not your fault. Oh, you yeah, we will. We will. We'll call you back. Um, Darius will break down tonight's games. There's two Monday night football mm-hmm. games. We got Chiefs and Bills and Cardinals, Cowboys. There's over unders, obviously, for the quarterbacks. And Darius will tell us who he likes, who he hates in that particular, you know, little prop bet that has made us a lot of money this season thus far, taking advantage of uh, old FanDuel Sportsbook and the incredible opportunity to win there. Mm-hmm. The thought about tonight's games is. Is interesting because it's like Bills Chiefs are the Bills who we thought they were or were they who they were against the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills had to play on a Tuesday night on the road they weren't given an update on a lot of things their game was moved around I could assume that they potentially feel very okay with what happened against the Titans and know that they can move on and that situation will hopefully not happen ever again then the Kansas City Chiefs it's like well are you the team that you are on paper or are you the team that has shown up in a couple games now? And it's early in the season, and the Super Bowl hangover could be something. What they did against the Baltimore Ravens was unbelievable. That was the last time they were on Monday Night Football. So maybe tonight the Chiefs' showtime, primetime show will be back. I like the Chiefs in this particular game. But the Buffalo Bills, that team, I don't think that anybody is talking about them the right way because of the loss to the Titans. But I think the Titans are just a very good football team. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills are as well. This is going to be a primetime matchup that I'm looking for forward to and i think ultimately mahomes gets the win but this could very easily go to the bills mafia tonight yeah absolutely especially with i mean being a home dog five and a half i don't know that's that's tough to go against yeah, I think it is. And Diggs, when you're hammering this bet, what are the percentages of money on who, who thinks what? Because in my eyes, the home dog, okay, getting five and a half points, and that's a minus 110, so it's probably going to stay there for the rest mm-hmm. of the day, if I had to guess. That is a lot of points to be giving a home team that is what had one bad game against Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Before that, they were playing lights out football. Yeah, 72% of the money is on the Chiefs, while 63% of the tickets are on the Chiefs so it seems like more of the higher price betters are going with the Chiefs only 28% of the money's on the Bills I'm intrigued by it. I don't know who we're going to pick. Uh, maybe by the end of the day we'll have it. And I can't wait to hear what Darius has to say. I think he's picking the Cardinals-Cowboys game, mm-hmm. by the okay. way. I think he is getting involved in that particular world because he thinks that the Cowboys defense is um, – he's been calling it into question a lot here. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about how the Dallas Cowboys can't do blah, 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 blah. He's been questioning the Cowboys defense. And then he's intrigued, I think, by Kyler Murray potentially becoming the Kyler Murray the first two weeks and then maybe last week against the Jets. What's up? That one, uh, number-wise, a little more interesting. 
interesting because 56% of the money's on the Cowboys, so more of the money's on the Cowboys. But the line went from minus three to the minus one, so it's getting easier for the Cowboys to cover. So that's a. So what does that mean? To take the most likely, you would take the Cowboys there in that situation. Okay, let's go to Lauren in Iowa. What's going on, Lauren? Hey, Pat and the boys, what's up? What's going hey. on, Lauren? What part of Iowa are you in? I'm in Cedar Falls. Oh, nice. I don't know what that means. Right next to where I'm go from. Cat. Hey, go cats. Go cats. Go cats. Okay. You and I. Oh, University of yeah. Northern Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, go cats. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, okay, yeah. Lauren, go cats. Go cats, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the show. Me and my fiance, we watch it every day. But uh, I just wanted to say happy overreaction Monday. Fuck you, Connor. I hope you never talk shit about the Broncos again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear the rest of you said after fuck you, Connor, because I was so that excited was there. That was good. But shout out to Brandon McManus going six for six yesterday. I would assume he would be the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I don't oh, know yeah. who else could do that. He single-handedly beat the New England Patriots all by himself. Yeah, it was very fun to watch. I mean, sometimes you just got to accept that the brand is going to get you. I thought for a chance there that the Broncos and Patriots were trying to ruin football by having the most boring game of all time. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then there at the end, had a couple of double passes. We had a whole thing and oh, then yeah. incompletion. I mean, it was a wild night there. Wild, wild game in Foxborough yesterday. Yeah, we made it a little fun. I mean, as much as we can at the end when we play like dog shit, it is what it is. You guys would be... So incredibly thrilled to be winning games the way the Bears are winning games. Yes. Really. And it feels like your team is set up that way to potentially win games uh -huh. like that. And I'm not – I would never ever – even last year when it was obvious that the Patriots didn't have enough firepower to make a run, I wouldn't say it because I've been embarrassed. Or I've been on teams – well, and I have been. I mean, yeah, I've been embarrassed by the New England Patriots before. So it's just like I don't want to go in the open and say – this team's dead, especially even now at two and three, and they have no idea and all that stuff. I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to figure it out. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to figure it out. Maybe Cam Newton, though, coming off a week off after COVID, maybe his lungs were tired, maybe the whole thing was happening, maybe he was, maybe he does get back into it. I just have too much faith in Bill Belichick, I think. And I think you should, if you're a Patriot fan, be like, yeah, Bill will be able to figure this out. I still think they'll be able to, but I don't know if they – are even a problem in the AFC at this point. I, I'm not 100% sure. There's so many good teams in the AFC. But, I mean, and Cam said it. You know, I, I don't point fingers. I point thumbs. So he knows that it's on him. He knows that he's got to play better. And if you watched the game yesterday, he was probably our worst player on the field. He said that? I don't point fingers. I point yeah, thumbs? Yeah, he said it this morning, yeah. I that's like really, that. That's a good line. Because he did say hindsight's 50-50 at one point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And also. that is... You know, 100% accurate. Think about it. Uh, joining us now, he was supposed to join us earlier. The connection was too terrible. Talk about tonight's games and what he likes and how we can make money off of FanDuel for a quarterback's passing yards being over under, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you look good right there. You look really good. I appreciate that. Um, tonight, we got a couple big. Uh, what was your thoughts on the weekend, by the way? You watched the Colts game, as did I. Joe Burrow looked like maybe the best football player of all time. Then all of a sudden, they kind of turned that thing around. What are your thoughts on the Colts and the Bengals? I think Joey Burrow is going to be a guy going forward, by the way. Yeah, he's going to be a stud. They just got to protect him, uh, get some weapons around him. But he's he's going to be a real good one. Uh, the, the, the Colts, they, they came out looking terrible on offense. 
Um, everybody was on Phillip Rivers' case last week. He came out, had a great game. Um, the defense, they made second half, second half adjustments, played great in the second half, just like they did in the, in the Cleveland game. Uh, they made plays, man. I'm excited about that rookie, too. Blackman, he, he, he's been playing lights out all year. Another pick to conceal the game. So I'm, uh, I know they're happy going forward and to it to the bye week, so I'm happy for him, man. Yeah, good for the Colts, by the way. In Phillip Rivers, it was obvious that he and Frank had an idea that he was going to open it up a little bit more. It was almost like what happened when everybody was questioning Drew Brees' arm. That next week, he and Sean Payton had like 40 pass attempts longer than 15 yards it felt like that with philip rivers this week he was dropping some in a bucket though he was thrown to spots philip rivers looked very good one week after looking very very bad threw a pick didn't jog or jog back on the field and throw another one thank god that has been a trade of his here since he joined the indianapolis colts so maybe the colts will be able to get this thing moving going forward and joe burrow just has to survive you're 100 right looking forward to tonight's game d but got a couple intriguing matchups here what do you like what do you hate and what do you think is going to happen him. Well, as far as the hammers and all that stuff, I'm going to stay away from the Kansas City-Buffalo game. Uh, Buffalo, both of them coming off uh, humbling losses. Uh, the DBs for the Chiefs got kind of tore up by Carr last week, lost that game. Uh, Buffalo's been banged up at the corner position, lost that game. But um, I think the Chiefs going to bounce back. Uh, Mahomes going to have a signature game tonight. I'm going to stay away from that one. But for that other one, that Cowboys-Cardinals. Um, Cowboys struggled last week again on defense. Um, giving up a bunch of points to the Giants of all teams. And now we got Kyler Murray. He likes to come in there and sling that thing around, pause. Um, so I'm going to say Kyler Murray going to hit that over, 26 Ooh. and a half. I'm going to say hammer that over on Kyler Murray. Okay, so Kyler Murray over 286 and a half, just strictly because of what you saw the Giants do to the Dallas Cowboys defense. Well, not not, not just the Giants. I mean, everybody. It's the Cowboys. Everybody, everybody running the train on that defense. <laughs> <laughs> They, they can't stop a nosebleed right now. And, uh, you know, Kyler Hopkins, those boys, you know, they, they, they like to um, toss the ball around. And on the other side, I think uh, Andy Dawes, his number is pretty high. They got a 26 and a half as well. And I'm going to say under. I think if I'm in the game plan, if I'm in that offense, um, the game plan coming into this thing is feed Zeke. You got to feed him, feed him, get him more involved, and let Dalton just, uh, you know, manage the game and win it if you have a chance. But uh, So I'm going to go under. Under on Dalton and over on Kyler. Okay, and those make a lot of sense, by the way, both of them. And I'm thankful that you give us these locks every week. It feels like we're just stealing money from FanDuel at this point with these particular bets. It is interesting, though, that Dalton and Kyler have the same mm-hmm. exact over-under on pass yards. And I would assume that they're thinking that for Andy Dalton strictly because Mike McCarthy is a guy that just likes to chuck the rock like he just likes to throw it no matter who's in there in your eyes you don't think that's gonna happen you think they will learn and they will adjust and say hey we also got a backpack here he's one of the best in the league we pay 30 million a year to at one point <laughs> we should just feed this guy like the tattoo on his stomach yeah you gotta feed him man you got to that's that's the recipe for success even with that game yesterday with green bay and uh tampa bay you know brady threw for 170 yards you know you want your defense to come out play well you want to be able to manage the game you know not put that ball at risk much he came in last week uh needing to throw the ball and he did a good job he got him down the field got him a win and andy Dalton, he's capable he's been a starter for a long time in this league he has better weapons now than i think he's ever had in his career um, so he can, he can, he definitely can get hot, but I, like I said, the game plan coming in should be for the Cowboys to feed Zeke, play through him, and um, you know let Dalton manage it. 
By the way, uh, Andy Dalton under 286.5 passing yards. Kyler Murray over 286.5 passing yards. Make that a parlay. It's plus 273. Whoa. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't judge you in a parlay bet style here whenever this goes on your record. We'll make them two separate bets for sure. But putting those together, which make a lot of sense, plus 273 feels like a great bet. pretty tasty. That feels like I'm literally putting it as we speak right now. These shows are very expensive for me. Oh, but only gamble as much as you want to win what's your big takeaway from the weekend Darius there's a lot of storylines a lot of storylines that Todd Bowles defense down in Tampa looks like they are feeling themselves at the moment as they should be yeah they, they came out and I, I picked Green Bay to win it um obviously with A-Rod playing how he's been playing all year me too um that's that's <laughs> I expect him to come out and do the same thing but um you know I never I never I never seen A-Rod look like that like he looked last night they were getting after him Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles dialed it up those young guys have been playing well all year. They got after him pressure, um, made plays through. You know, he really throws picks every through two. Um, so I was very, very impressed with that Tampa team. And, uh, you know, we got to take them a little more serious. And I'm still going to – I still think Green Bay will be right in it at the end. So I'm not counting him out. Bad game coming off of bye week. I think he picks up where he, where he left off last, uh, you know, last week. But um, So I'm, I'm still – but I, I got a lot more respect for Tampa. And the most, matter of fact, the most impressive thing they did – was go wire to wire with no penalties. Like, you know how hard that is doing the game, especially coming off that Thursday night game where they were super, super sloppy against the Bears. So to come out from first quarter to fourth quarter and have zero penalties, um, that, that's pretty impressive by B.A. and the squad. That's damn near impossible, especially in today's world. And it feels like the refs are getting a bit more flag happy than they mm-hmm. were earlier in yep. the year. Everybody was talking about how great of a job they were doing earlier in the year. And they're like, well, let's change shit. Uh, so I don't understand that. But when you talk about that Todd Bowles defense, D-Bud, as a man who played, obviously, safety corner, had a lot of success, knows everything, watches a lot of film. Last year, earlier in the year, they stunk. Then by the end of the year, they're like a top 10 defense or whatever. And, and basically every statistical category whenever they come into this year everybody's like oh they're only going to get better they're only going to do this it took them a couple weeks but that team that defense yesterday what is it about the defense like what do you just have to learn what the hell to do you have to learn where other people are they're young right does that mean they have to learn what the nfl football is like how does a team defense gel and come together because if it's just calls doesn't everybody kind of run a cover two okay here's cover three same shit what is the biggest difference for a defense really coming together well, Bo Bowles knows how to um, he knows how to get a, 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 and keep a quarterback uncomfortable. And um, as far as the young guys on the back end, they're kind of growing together. You can see Winfield coming in as a rookie, uh, playing good ball. So that lets me know it's good coaching going on. Same thing with Blackman and uh, Indy. It's good coaching going on. And if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm coming to a GM or owner, I'm saying, hey, just give me four guys up front that can cause havoc on the quarterback. I can figure out the rest regardless of who's back. If you give me four guys up front that can get after the quarterback, same thing you see in Chicago. Those guys get after the passer. And now you've got a defensive mind like a Chuck Pagano or a Ty Bowles, who, as we both know, some of these guys don't like everything that come with a head coach. They get back on that sideline and call the defenses, and that's where that's kind of where they're best at. And uh, Ty Bowles, I think he will be a head coach again. But, um, you know, last night was very, very impressive. Not only in the back end, I think he started up front. They kept, uh, they kept A-Rod very, very uncomfortable. And uh, that's what you got to do, especially to the great ones. What did Indomitian Sue say? What did Indomitian Sue say to Aaron, you think? Ooh. I, I don't know, man. They, they probably got, I'm sure, a bunch of history you know, playing so long in the same division. Oh, yeah. But the good thing, the He's thing about the defense, if I'm coaching the defense and I've been coached up, is just being around that quarterback, hitting them, whether they complete it, whether they throw it away. Hit him, touch him, bump into him, you know, talk shit to him. 
that, that all that shit adds up as the game goes on. Even if you're not getting sacks, you're not getting pressures, but you're just like, damn, you know, play bone dead. Run past him anyway, bump into him anyway. So uh, they did a, do- a lot of that last night, a lot of that yesterday. And, um, you know, that's that's the really the only way, um, you know, you can throw these, these great quarterbacks off. We're talking to Darius Butler, nine-year NFL vet in the secondary, both at corner and at safety. Whenever you look at that Pittsburgh Steelers defense yesterday, first of all, I was watching something while they were hitting Baker. It was, I think you're the one that said, I want to know which ankles hurt. Uh, you said it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then we asked A.J. Hawk, by the way, and A.J. was like, oh, that's a good piece of information to have, basically. Yeah. Like, basically in a roundabout way, you know. The, when I was watching them sack Baker yesterday, I think at one point there was somebody that tackled him with a double fist straight to his ribs. Then there was a there was a sack happening. Bud Dupree was holding him up. I think T.J. Watt came in punching the ball, obviously, but his elbow, I think, hit him right in the ribs. It felt like there was an actual bullseye right on the guy's ribs, which, by the way, is in the strike zone, so there's literally nothing Baker can do about it. But it was awesome. Not awesome. I mean, it kind of sucks. But it was intriguing to watch them wait, we are trying to make this guy's life a living hell right now, and they did. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick with a pick six in the second series very early. Baker was getting hit the entire game. They never found a rhythm. That Steelers defense has the chance, I think, to be legendary at this point. I mean, they look, they can be a Super Bowl defense. That can be a Super Bowl winning defense. And I don't think we've seen the best of, you know, Big Ben yet this year. Um, You know, I played against Big Ben. He's one of those quarterbacks that once he gets in a rhythm, with weapons around him, unfortunately, you've been on the sideline and you've seen him throw for four or five hundred yards. He can do that, and uh, I don't know if he's still that guy, but he still has weapons around him. Claypool is one of your guests on here. He's a monster. You got Juju, who I think will probably be the best number two in the league, one of them, and then you got all the other young guys who are coming around. So if they start picking up and start playing their best game, and the defense continues to play like they're playing. Um, they can definitely, they should, I, I think, right now be in that Super Bowl conversation. The only thing I'm worried about is them losing, losing Bush on the defensive side for a year to an ACL. But um, if somebody can step over and replace him, which I think they will, Keith Butler's been doing an amazing job on that defensive side, man. So if they keep playing like that, that, lo- that looks like could potentially be a Super Bowl in defense. Juju does a lot more than just catch balls, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Doesn't Leader. Mm-hmm. A lot of people forget. Huge he, TikTok phone. He is a... It's not about TikTok inside that locker room, okay? What I'm saying is he's a morale booster. Yeah. When he's out there doing his, you glue know what guy. I mean? Uh-huh. He's a glue guy. You oh, need yeah. that for a team. especially. I mean, six yards yesterday, no big deal. What else did he do? Probably blocked very well, if I had to uh-huh. guess. Probably lifted up his teammates a lot like that. I was assume <laughs> a lot of clapping. Here we go. Oh, yeah. If he's going to be a distraction, a la what Tyreek Hill is for a lot of teams, I mean, let him do it, D-Butt. Let him do it. Nah, get up, get open and catch the ball. That's what I'm interested in for for a while. <laughs> Bill Belichick, I heard him tell the whole team, "Hey, receivers, you got two jobs: get open and catch the ball, TikTok, all that other shit. Do that on your own time." Mm-hmm. Hey, that I'm, morale booster. You're getting paid too much to be a morale booster. Hey, Pittsburgh has turned on Juju. Big time. I, I believe a lot of Pittsburgh is slowly turning on Juju. I hope Juju has another big game. It was just two weeks ago he had a massive yeah. game. He'll have another one. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Darius, New England lost to Denver at home, giving up only field goals. So my question for you is, uh, do the Patriots fucking stink now, <laughs> or uh, do you think we'll turn it around? I'm, I definitely think uh, they'll turn around. Um, you got Buffalo kind of in the driver's seat right now in that division, and Miami's competing as well. But I'd be a fool to count out Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. Cam's coming off of who knows what's been going on in that building with facilities practicing, not, not making any excuses. But um, he didn't look like the Cam 
that was before before COVID, pre-COVID yeah. can. So I think um, he'll get back on track. That offense get back on track. Definitely not going to worry about pulling. I wouldn't push the panic button on the Patriots at all, man. I think they'll still be uh, right in okay. at, at the end when it comes to uh, winning that division. Connor already did. Connor said they stink. He completely turned no, on them. I mean, I didn't completely turn on them. I don't think I said they stink. Yeah, you did. I heard it. You'd be correct if you did, though, say that. Well, I don't think, I don't no, think so. Hey, were you teammates with Vrabel? Mike, no. He was, he was gone. Did you see his move yesterday? Did you see his move yesterday where he uh, got a too many men penalty with three minutes and five seconds left so they would have to stop the clock and he wouldn't have to waste the time out and then they brought him back out? Yeah, he did like a super football move a la what Belichick would normally do. And it's intriguing because if that doesn't work out, he's an idiot. Everybody says he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. But it worked out and he scored with four seconds left, so mm-hmm. he's a hero. It was I like what Vrabel has done to that culture down there in Tennessee. They feel like they are ready to go Legit. for the long haul as well. Tannehill... What thirteen and two or twelve and three in his last fifteen games as a starter? Uh, all of those being with the Tennessee Titans. His stats, his passer uh-huh. rating, everything. Here it is. Ryan Tannehill has now started fifteen regular season games for the Titans. He's three hundred nine of four forty three, three thousand nine hundred sixty six passing yards, thirty five touchdowns, and seven uh, interceptions, two hundred fifty eight rush yards, five rushing TDs, and he almost tore his knee on one of them. <laughs> and the Titans are twelve and three in those games. Shout out to Field Yates for those stats. He's become a completely different player out from underneath Adam Gase in that team. Whenever Derrick Henry got that ball at the five in overtime, everybody knew what was going to happen. And the fact that he was pulling away from people on that 94 yard run it wasn't just linebackers there was corners he was pulling away from it feels like it's a cheat code in this titans team they're in it the afc is loaded this year it is it is it's gonna be a it's gonna be some good playoffs it's gonna be a good end to the year and that team they, they, they kind of slide under the radar uh, i don't know how but like you said you put up those Tannehill numbers and me being a south florida guy i always keep my eyes on the dolphins so i've seen Tannehill throughout his whole career and, um, you know, Gates was kind of obviously holding him back. You see him with Robbie Anderson, you see with a bunch of players around the league. But Tannehill's been playing at an MVP level. I saw Orlowski call him a, a top-five quarterback. And still, you just see, like, Tannehill top-five. But when you watch the film, you, you watch him play, you look at the record, you look at the numbers, everything about him says top-five. So uh, as long as they keep 22 healthy in that backfield, um, he's going to have every opportunity um, he, he can want in the pass game because you got to – 22's got to be priority number one. I mean, he's a guy that is 6'4", 260, and can go 95 yards on you. Like, you don't have too many cats like that walking around the earth. So, um, <laughs> Tannehill's in a great position. Vrabel's been doing an amazing job with that culture on and off the field. For them to come out and beat Buffalo like that with no practice, essentially, and then come out again and, and win a, a divisional battle in overtime against the uh, Texans, man, hats off to our uh, Vrabel and everything he's been able to do down there in Tennessee, man. I just got a little birdie in my ear. Said so Derrick Henry ran 21.6 miles per hour on that run. 21, Jesus. speeding in some school zones at 6'4", 260. Good for him. Uh, that's absolutely unbelievable. Good for the Titans. And good for us getting a chance to hammer Andy Dalton under and Kyler Murray over out of the brain of Darius Butler, host of the Man of Man podcast. Thank you so much, d We appreciate it. Tonight. 
Cardinals, Cowboys. Are the Cardinals going to look like they looked the first couple games and against the Jets, or the Jets just stink? And what will the Dallas Cowboys be able to do now? One game removed from one of the most gruesome injuries we've ever seen on a football field with Dak Prescott. Andy Dalton takes the helm of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, as they play host to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys get a big win last week. Andy Dalton drops a rock into Mike Gallup's arms down the sideline that sets up for the dub. How do you see tonight going? Everybody on earth thinks Big Mike is just going to feed Zeke. Do you see him doing that? Do you see the Red Rocket just kind of managing the game this evening for the Cowboys? And how do you feel it turns out, A.J. Hawk? Well, I think Andy, the the Red Rocket's going to have a great game. Uh, I I think they they absolutely want to be able to commit to the run and commit to giving Zeke the ball. But what happens if they don't have any success in the first half and they're down 14 points going into halftime. What do you do? Do you think they commit to the run still in the second half? No, you got to go with Andy Dalton, a man who has led the Cincinnati Bengals, a team with no scouting staff, basically, to the playoffs in the past. Never really had that much success, but whenever you talk about this Dallas Cowboys team, the first conversation has to be, okay, what are they going to do on offense? And then immediately after that, you have to say, that defense hasn't been able to do jack shit against anybody, basically. And the Giants had a great field day. Darius Butler said, Kyler Murray, the over for his, uh, over-under for his passing yards tonight is 286 and a half. He says hammer the over. Nothing on the Dallas Cowboys defense film has shown that they will be able to stop this Cardinals team. You don't think that this is potentially a blowout tonight with the Cardinals maybe saying hello on prime time, that they are a team that's for real with Nuke and Fitz and everything they got going on the defensive side of the ball. You don't think this is going to be a blowout? You think close game, huh, with your Dallas Cowboys and Red Rocket and Big Mike? I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it may be a shootout. It may be one of those fun ones to watch. Might be a blowout. I just got this weird feeling over me. I think it's going to be a blowout. This doesn't happen on a regular basis. In which way? Which way? Cowboys could blow them out. See, I don't think that's happening. I I don't think that's happening. Now, the last time uh, you and I were in a booth together was in Jerry World, and Cliff Kingsbury was one of the coaches on the sideline, and he did not have a great game down there. Okay, So is Cliff Kingsbury scared of Jerry World? Not 100% sure if that is true or not. And is that offense that started out so hot, are they going to be able to maintain it? I don't, In my head, I'm starting to think that the Cardinals win by 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what Kyler shows up? It's prime time. This is a team that if you want to be respected and if you want to be a big-name guy, you know, a guy who was drafted in the top five in both sports, baseball and in football, you think prime time you'd play your best. I think they – I think the Cardinals win tonight by two scores. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Hey, you're allowed – you are allowed to have your opinion. The great thing is hey, we will get to see. We I will am, know tonight. Yeah. What time is this game on? This game is the late game. 8 o'clock. 5 o'clock game is Bills, Chiefs. 8 o'clock game, ESPN, Cardinals, Cowboys. I got Cardinals. Oh! Yeah, yeah. I feel that. I really like that one. And by the way, I was on the Cardinals early, and they lost me a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. this could be me just not learning from the past here, but I like them a lot tonight. The more and more I think about it, how are they going to be able to stop them? How are they going to be able to stay? It feels like that defense can't do a damn thing. They can't, and they haven't done a whole lot this year. Dallas, they definitely have not. I know they're talking about having a, like a Jalen Smith guy kind of spy him, but you can't really spy Kyler with one person. It's more – it has to be the, the whole of the rush that kind of keeps him hemmed in and makes him feel uncomfortable. That's why he's throwing picks. I mean, Kyler's throwing six picks this year. You just have to hope he gives you at least two tonight if you're Dallas. Okay, so do you think Big Mike will have in the game plan to feed Zeke early, and if it doesn't work, he'll abandon ship? Or do you think Big Mike is maybe an old dog you can't teach new tricks? He's a guy that the quarterback's going to have to make all the plays. 
No, I think he'll he'll stay with it if he feels like they have good matchups in the run game. He will absolutely want to stay with it, and he doesn't he doesn't just want to air it out. Like Big Mike wants to physically dominate every team he plays. Like that's really what he wants to do. But you know, sometimes when you're you're sitting there and Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and he can do things with his arm that nobody else on the planet can do, you have to throw a little bit more. No Chandler Jones for the Cardinals yeah, either is uh-huh. huge for the run game. Yeah, is there any thought that Dalton might go off and beat the Cardinals by 14 points? Oh, maybe, I guess. This is a great game for Monday Night Football. Pat, could you have envisioned what happened with Green Bay and Tampa Bay? Would you have ever said, like, especially after they jumped out to the 10 nothing lead, like, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to score 38 unanswered. I said this last week, and I got mocked on the internet by some some guy that I was going to say something, but I don't know him well enough to talk to him. I just know him about his tweets and said that I pointed out an obvious thing, which by the way, part of being a daily show host is to do that in the NFL. A two score lead is nothing anymore. It is fucking nothing. The Bengals were up 21 zip. And before half even happened, the Colts were up. Like it was H's the NFL score points are so easy to get. It feels like at this point, even teams, Phillip rivers led offense, right? Which we thought was potentially going to be a running offense. They scored 24, Four points like that yeah. like it is just it's an insane time in the nfl and i don't know if it's because there's no fans and the defense can't live off it i don't know if it's the rules that have made it a lot easier to play offense i don't know if it's any of that i don't know what it is but it feels like any offense at this point aside from the jets can score at any time that they want to six straight weeks where a team has been down 16 or more and has come back to win that's not normal wow. that's no, not normal in the nfl that is just not normal at all and now it's it feels like there's no lead safe at all so you're right i guess the cardinals could get hot and then all of a sudden, Dallas Cowboys do what they did to the Falcons at the end of that game tonight. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we will get to see. I, I'm, see. I'm a fan of Kyler and the Cardinals, too. Like, I like what they're doing. But I just think, that I think you know, it's almost like, hey, a new quarterback, he's doing this for Dak, the Red Rocket. He's going to put Ooh. put the team on his back and oh, do this yeah. because he likes Dak that much. LeBron did that for the Mamba. They went on to mm-hmm. win the whole thing. Maybe Dalton will do that for Dak. That'd be very cool. Two different circumstances, obviously. One passing away, rest in peace, Kobe. And the other one getting one of the nastiest injuries we've seen in some time. The other game, Bills Chiefs. How do you see this one going? The Chiefs have been a team obviously loaded with talent, and they add uh, Le'Veon Bell. He can't play, but he'll be in there next week. And they have really put their best foot forward i don't think even in their eyes on more than what two occasions this year there's been a lot of like hit or miss uh football in the buffalo bills they were balling until that tuesday night game against the titans how do you see this one playing out aj hawk i see the chiefs getting back on track here tonight and i think their defense plays well too i think they keep josh allen confused and i I still think josh allen's a stud quarterback for a long time he will he will continue to be but i think the chiefs they're they're too good and i think they do it tonight i think their defense steps up they turn the ball over they get josh allen to turn the ball over a few times and and patrick mahomes rolls like always uh patrick mahomes over under for his passing yards is 305 and a half yards that would be a lot against that bill's defense and bill's team do you see him throwing for over 300 yards against the buffalo bills tonight i mean that's why i guess it's a good thing that i don't gamble on sports and stuff like this because i don't know how i would what are you talking about how i could mentally how i could bring your life is a gamble aj okay think about that your life is a gamble aj especially now in this covid world where we don't know anything about it anymore this morning i couldn't even get a covid test because it was raining outside that is a fact i was told i couldn't get a covid test because we don't do covid tests when it's raining outside so who knows what we know about covid your life is a gamble don't you you should gamble on sports with your big old brain and chin over there if i did where would i do it 
FanDuel Sportsbook. It's not in Ohio yet, so just fucking hold your horse. <laughs> is there a chance that this is like a little bit of a revenge game because the Bills didn't get Lev Bell and he was choosing between the Bills, Dolphins, and Chiefs? You know what? You're right. Yeah. Put it up on the dry erase board up there. Yeah. This guy chose the Chiefs over us. He's not playing tonight, but just send a message to the rest of the team that probably hasn't even met him yet because he's in quarantine. Yeah. Still. Let's send a message to the entire team. That's what you get for choosing the Chiefs. It's very, not the Bills. Bro, I, I'm in to see what bills show up i'm not i don't want to i think just alongside darius like i'm not 100 sure what's going to happen in that game that game could go both ways that yeah, that game could go both ways and we wouldn't we, like we'd be surprised obviously if the bills go ahead and win this one but i think if the chiefs go ahead and it'd be like well the bills are the bills the tennessee titans bills all of a sudden it's a there's a lot at stake tonight for both of these teams both these quarterbacks both these organizations and for the nfl as a whole this is a big afc matchup afc east afc west here here we go mahomes did lose back-to-back games in 2018 and 2019 something to think about oh so this is something that does happen yeah that's a gumpy nuke right there what's going on do we know the health of buffalo's cornerbacks because i believe both of them didn't play against the titans and it very apparent it was very apparent that that hurt them Uh, it's still questionable right now. Oh, thank you, Gumpy. Did you hear Connor, by the way, just completely cuck your whole thing? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, um, let's go to Pepe in Mexico. What's going on, Pepe? Pepe! Pepe. Orale, cabrones. Oh. Uh, the overreaction Monday. Hola, aquí estamos, mi amigo. Sí, sí. ¿Cómo estás, mi amigo Pato? Oh, muy bien, muy bien. You, pal? I'm doing good, so let's fucking go. Okay, let's do it. What do you want to talk about, brother? Hey, just one quick opinion, and then I'll ask a question for you guys. I heard some people get upset by some words, so that's fucked. Can I say fuck? Is that a bad word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It sounds good when you say too. All right, so fuck it. Bingo. See. Quick quick question for the athletes like AJ, yourself, and myself. Several high-profile athletes have endured season-ending injuries. Can you guys tell us how hard it is to come back from an injury and what these people may go through? Pepe, great question. We appreciate your call. Uh, Muchos gracias for everything, man. The rehab process is a nightmare. You always hear, like, oh, that person's going to rehab, and they'll come back. And you always hear the redemption stories. like, And they always say, well, they went in there every day, and they worked hard. It's like, it is miserable. It's painful. It is no fun. It's a lonely existence because you're not really around many people. People. you can't really do much rehab is a pain in the ass but it's a part of the profession to be honest it is a part of the job rehabbing your injuries Dak's gonna have to go through it as of today two more acls have been torn in the nfl taylor lewan devin bush absolute studs for their teams that's going to affect their organizations but the rehab is just a nightmare aj and that can't go understated enough yeah but it's something that if you are playing sports especially football like a combative sport it's just part of the game it's what you do surgeries are part of it you know you're gonna have surgeries you know you, you may break some things and rehab is well yeah that's what you do because this is how i get back on the field so yeah it's tough the hard thing i think for most people like we see dak what was he he post a day or two after surgery or right after surgery and talks about how excited he is he's going to come back yeah, the, out of the gate yeah you're good out of the gate everyone's everyone's good to go it's like three months in when you got to continue those tiny little leg lifts and different things for your quad and whatever you're rehabbing at the moment, that's when it makes it tough. And I've never had to go on uh, season-ending IR. That's really difficult, I think, for a lot of guys because you're. It's like, all right, next man up. This, yeah, man, it sucks. You could be a 
surefire Hall of Famer, but it's like, hey, we got to keep it moving here, man. And the guys, like, they're kind of, they're not ostracized, but they're kind of just left out and out in the cold, it seems like. Yeah, they're out because you're not in the meetings. You're not doing anything. Your rehab is happening either before or after the rest of the team is so that you don't take up any spots while the team's in there that's playing. It's a, it's a fine balance mentally and physically of keeping yourself sane. My favorite is, like, when you're three months into it with a leg injury and they have you sit on a seat. And they ask you with your toes to roll in a towel. And that's like your workout for like an hour, okay? You just got to bring in a towel with your toes. And it's like you're three months into this thing. You might have just ran a 4-2-40. You can jump 45 inches in the sky. You can fly around. And here you are, two and a half months removed from the surgery. And they're asking you to move a towel like four inches. And it's like, that's every single day now. Now, not only do you have to do this, and you have to get something scraped there so your scar tissue doesn't end up. It's just... It is a relentless process that I don't think gets talked about enough. You always hear like, well, you went in there and he, he made it on the other side. The, it is a kick in the ass. It's the worst part of being a professional athlete, I think. Uh, aside from, yeah, it's the worst part of being a professional is it just comes with the gig, though. So Dak, Taylor, Devin, everybody else that got hurt, they're numerous names. It's like right now their life is very different than what people talk about. Oh, they get to be millionaires and do whatever. It's like, well, there's a lot of guys that are currently trying to teach their leg how to walk again. Mm-hmm. And, it's, uh, and they're expected to be back next year, by the way. And if you're not playing good, we will fire you. So you will make no dollars after that. It's just part of it. Just part of the process, AJ. You know what it's like, Pat? When you say like no one sees the process and how tough it was, this person may have been rehabbing every day six to nine months. It's like when somebody other than your wife, that other than you're living with, has a baby. You're like, oh wait, oh you're you're already eight months pregnant. Man, it's been an easy pregnancy for you, hasn't it? If you don't really see the person much, or they have the kid, you're like, wow, that those nine months went very fast. And then if you talk to the the mom, she's like. It absolutely didn't. I puked the first six months. <laughs> yeah, I dumped my pants the next three, and then I finally had the kid. Is that what? Is that what happened? No, luckily I wouldn't have had four if that was the case. But yeah, so it, it ha- can happen. So w- does pregnancy completely? Is it a nightmare? There, you've had a lot of kids. Obviously, you just. I'm lucky. I, I'm lucky. My wife does better when she's pregnant. She like it like calms her down for some reason. She loves huh. having carrying kids i guess so we haven't but yeah like early on they're, they're puking they get sick oh. and everyone has different issues if you're lucky enough to get pregnant when you want to yeah yeah i, mean, I think the yeah jesus it's gotta make zach. sure you vote too pat coming up yeah yeah let's go vote please let's go to zach in michigan jesus the kids huh? i didn't know it was like that i'm starting to think hey i'm sorry zach i'm starting to think of it more because when you have a puppy it just poops all over the thing yeah, you know, yeah. this is a nightmare i don't want to deal with that now, if you're if if your wife is pregnant and she's just randomly dumping her pants, uh, you should probably go to the doctor. Like that's not a normal thing. Oh, though. you're the one that said. Yeah, you just said all you do is poop your pants and throw up. Yeah, AJ. that's literally Dumps. what you said. And it can't. It's usually talked about when women are actually having the pushing the baby mm-hmm. out is yeah. when that can happen. Yeah, they let out a big dump. Yeah, my kid's gonna be a big <laughs> shit anyways. You know? Let's uh, go to Zach in Michigan. What's going on, Zach? Come out with the poop. Yeah, yeah. Not much. I don't. I was that. born in it. <laughs> Molded by it. What you, sorry, Zach. Sorry. I mean, AJ just told me that if my wife and I go on to have a child or whatever, she's just going to be pooping all over the house. And that was a wild scene because all I could think about was Chuck or Corgi that just poops all over the house. Mm-hmm. So I need. Uh, too bad. Am I going to. What's going to happen here? But I guess that's not going to happen, which is good news. We got that clarified. Didn't happen. For the record, it did not happen with me and any of my four kids. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Well, I'm just saying Twitter Jack just made a little thing like there are some falsehoods in said <laughs> statement mm-hmm. here. You cannot even read it. So I'm happy we cleared that up. Sorry, Zach. What do you want to talk about, Zach? Uh, yeah, you guys are all good. This 
shows absolute comedy. I love it every day. Uh, uh, I want to talk about uh, my, my Lions out there. Obviously, Overreaction Monday, everybody's favorite. I'm out here overreacting like crazy. Huh. Uh, we got four of our next six games against one-win teams with the Falcons, Texans, Vikings and uh, Washington football team out there. You think my boys can uh, go ahead and make a playoff run? Hmm. Zach, it's a shame, by the way, that the Red Wings stink and the Tigers stink. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Why would you do that? I just wonder, I'm, because I think it should be celebrated, these wins, because they mm-hmm. don't come in abundance in Detroit. And AJ, I don't know if you got a chance to hear Evan earlier this show, big win against the Jaguars, and he said Jaguars stinking. Stafford had one of the nicest throws I've seen in some time around somebody. Looked like a submarine pitcher in baseball, which isn't the World Series, by the way. Congrats to baseball getting to the World Series. But when it comes to the Detroit Lions fan base, Overreaction Monday is any day that happens after a W for them, right? And the overreaction from these Lions fans is insane. Foxy said he thinks they can rattle off the next seven games. Bingo. Boom, 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 boom. Foxy, you still believe that to this moment right now? 1,000%. All right, we got the Falcons. Win. Colts. No. Win. He's- Vikings. Got- win. Football team win, no. Panthers win, Texans win, and then the Bears is going to be an absolute bloodbath now that they have Nick Foles in there. But I think that is a win. AJ, I heard you saying no chance, especially with that Falcons team. They just learned how to play football now that Dan uh, Quinn's gone. That The Lions fan base is very excited, though, AJ. I'm not saying they can't go on a run. Yes, their schedule sets up for them to go on a nice run. But hasn't Foxy already had Matt Patricia fired like four times yeah. this year? Yeah, yeah. What, are you, what are you talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah. What, he what? traded Stafford a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He traded oh, Stafford. The Steelers sold the team. Yeah. What are you talking about? Let him go somewhere else that'll use a shirt. I feel bad for him. Let him get a ring. <laughs> he called Foxy him a big fat stoop. No! no. Oh, yeah. yeah you're, he a, did. AJ, by the way, I'm happy you kept receipts because here on this Overreaction Monday, we kind of skipped over the fact that he already tried to have the Ford family sell the team yeah. numerous times. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is it is very interesting, the Lions fan base, but if you look at the the schedule, now let's talk about the Falcons though before we even get to that because that is the first team that they play. Do you think Dan Quinn was telling them not to throw the ball to Julio Jones? That looked like a very different Falcons team yesterday against the Vikings. I mean, they throttled the Vikings yesterday. Is it because Dan Quinn left? Is that why uh, that happened, AJ? I mean, it's it, it looks like an indictment when you say that. Like, oh. is Julio in a message? Is Julio and Matt Ryan sending a message like, "Hey, this is we love Raheem. We want Raheem to get the full time gig." It does feel like that, huh? Because they're not just playing. The owner did say if he goes undefeated, Raheem will be in consideration for the head coaching gig. By the way, great answer. If he goes undefeated, which would mean he has to win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Because you would lose at some point there if you don't win a Super Bowl. He will be in consideration. Very nice of Arthur Blank. Very, very nice of him. That Vikings team, though, they're in trouble in the NFC North, 1-5 and at this point. Got their asses beat by Falcons, and I don't know how you fix that or turn that around. Hopefully they are because we like Vikings. We like their team. We like their players, but they look like a very different squad than they did last year. Chicago Bears are 5-1. and one. Nobody knows how they're winning. Nick Foles just went on an impassioned speech about that team kind of learning about each other and everything like that. And the Packers, after that game against Tampa, if you're a Lions fan, you're going to be like, well, if that Aaron Rodgers uh, is playing against a Todd Bowles defense every single week and he loses offensive linemen every single week, the Lions think they're in the driver's seat almost for yeah, the NFC North at this open. point. 1,000%. I think we're only a half game out of the playoff spot right now, Pat. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers, Tampa Bay, and uh, everything that happened yesterday? Day. he shouldn't have done three pumps i mean i let off the show with it football gods football gods knew they look and you just can't do that type of thing they did and i'm sure you i got so many texts from people after this happened i'm sure you did as well uh but if you look at some of the comments of what aaron said after the game 
he even said like, yeah, we were up ten nothing, and I think actually Lafleur said like we weren't we weren't like in sync early in the game, even when we were playing well. It was like Aaron was extending plays and making great throws. Like they had to really work for it. If you saw when they got like when they did score early, it seemed like it was a lot harder than it normally was for Green Bay, and then. They just, I mean, they got after him. They hit him, what, 12, 13 times, sacked him, but four or five. They just, they were all over the place, man. Like, when you have a, a great scheme like that, it can be so multiple and blitz all the time. And, hey, if we're if we're two-on-one on the back, like those two two of the best linebackers in the league, we're two-on-one, we're, we're both going to blitz them and make them pick one of us up and keep them in, and, and one of us is going to get to the quarterback probably. I mean, they, they have this great scheme mixed with, unbelievably talented athletes. And so it's all kind of coming together, I think, right now. Did you think that Indomitian Sue and Aaron Rodgers hated each other before yesterday, as your friendship with Aaron is? And do you think that after... I, I think they had some very interesting encounters there between old Sue and Aaron Rodgers. Well, there was a lot of encounters during his time in Detroit with Green Bay when he stepped on Evan Dietrich Smith. Mm-hmm. He would he step on TJ Lang? He, multiple yeah. things happened. Stepped on Roger's calf as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So he's a scumbag. I mean, everyone knows. Whoa. Whoa. Everyone yes. knows it. He proves it. What's the saying? There's no love lost there. Is that the saying the old guys use? Yeah. Is there any chance Aaron tells us what they said to each other? Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what you have to do. You have to tune in tomorrow and see. Ooh, Boys. that's a tease for Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, and I appreciate you doing that a lot. Let's go to Bobby Johnny Diner in West Virginia. What's going on, Bobby Johnny? Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. What's going on there, pal? No, nothing. You didn't hear me Friday, but I told you I really appreciated you having Chase on the show. That was really cool. Enjoyed hearing the story. Chase, overreaction Monday. Good. Did Rivera make a huge mistake going for that two point the other day? No, I think with that team, with where they're at, Ron Rivera was sending a message to his entire team. We're going to go for it this year. The Kyle Allen thing is very interesting because I talked about this yesterday with Nick. We were watching the game. Ron Rivera legitimately, right, legitimately said, yeah, I'm fucking Dwayne Haskins, not my quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that is literally, he just came to an agreement at one point with himself or with his staff and was like, that guy's not going to be who we are basing our success in this particular organization off of. We're not having our jobs rely on that guy. We're going to have Kyle Allen. And I don't know if Kyle Allen is the long-term answer in Ron Rivera's eyes. Maybe, not 100% sure. I assume they're going to be in a market for a quarterback this upcoming offseason. Who knows how many draft picks they have. That's something we should have known before we started talking about it. But I, I like to go in for two. If you're a team that stinks, and I'm not saying they stink, but if you can steal a win, I mean, let's go. Let's go ahead and steal a win here and put it down on one play because who knows what's going to happen if we go to an extra period. What's up? If they win that game, they're in first in the NFL. In the East, like if, if they can make yeah. that two-point conversion. Got to go for it. He rolls left, ends up getting hit, throws an inter- or incompletion. I mean, it's just for those teams in the NFC East, I think they're going to be trying to steal wins however they mm-hmm. can at this point. The issue is I think I think I saw Ron Rivera say this morning that if he was at home, he would have kicked the extra point because he was on the road. He went for two, but there's no fans. Like, So what, yeah, what the fuck what? does that make? Do? Uh, I like that. I like that. Just go to coach speak. Like, well, since we're on the road, we could steal a win here with one play, <laughs> oh, the whole okay. thing. I don't know. Uh, did you, you like it? I, yeah, like it. I, I, his name's Riverboat Ron. Are you surprised? I mean, that, that's what his name is as a head coach. I completely forgot about old Riverboat Ron. That, he's a gambling man. He's a gambling man down there. And he went for it. There was another two-point conversion that somebody went for. Cornell. Uh, Romeo Cornell went for it, and the announcer was not happy. I mean, the announcer. Steve Lyman stepped back and knocked it down. It was it was open. It was gonna They were going to complete it. They were not happy, though. You, they That puts them up nine, by the way. Mm-hmm. Game over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the announcer, whoever it was, was not happy. I think it was Rich Gannon, maybe? it was Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was not happy Richie. with it. He was like, you go up eight, make them make the two. And it's like, I understand that but he's also an interim head coach and the team 
you know, just like we were just talking about with the Washington football team, doesn't have a great record. It's like that's one of those things where you can really reset an entire locker room. But then on the flip side, as soon as Deshaun Watson in the overtime period saw that the Titans won the uh, coin toss, he knew that motherfucker was over. He was, yep. Which, by the way, might be why Romeo Cornell won for two. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, we, we cannot stop this Derrick Henry guy if he gets going. But I like whenever people go for the win. Because yeah. a, a lot of coaches talk about emptying the barrel. You know, we're going to empty the barrel. We're going to leave no guns left in or no bullets left in the gun or whatever. Not a lot of coaches actually do that. So the coaches that go for it, I'm a fan of, even if it doesn't work. And hindsight's always 2020, obviously. Yeah, I'm a, even if I'm watching a game, I'm a fan of them going for it and trying to get the win. But I'm also at the same time, I'm really nervous for them. I, if I try to put myself in their shoes as the head coach, I'm like, I'd probably just kick this thing and tie the game <laughs> up. <laughs> See, not me. I would, like the Titans kicking the extra point. I was even like, they should go for it. Like yeah. go for two right there. Hey, Derrick Henry. What are we yards. even doing here? You got four seconds left in the game. We can get a win. You shouldn't win this game, by the way. You should not win this game at all. You, by the way, if they do that, I don't cover on my Titans bet, so I'm thankful that they didn't. I'm thankful Vrabel didn't do that. But I, I, my immediate thought as soon as it happened was like, oh, go get the win right now. Why not? You have all the momentum. Go ahead and steal that thing. But they kick the extra point. Koskowski puts it through. They go in overtime. Derrick Henry catches like a 70-yard swing pass, and then uh, he's quarterback and just runs over everybody. Wild, wild, wild Tennessee Titans team. They're going to be very good for a long time, I think, with what they got building down there. Yeah, and credit to Derrick Henry. got a deal, and he's playing better than he did last year. 94-yard run yesterday? Are you kidding me? Like a dude that big can run away from the whole defense? 21.6 miles an hour he got up to. And he said it's too slow in response to that as well. He said it's too slow? Yeah. Man, sorry, he was telling me that while I was saying that thing. I don't know what that means. Yeah, he just, I he think he's trying to get faster now. He scored a fucking touchdown. Yeah. What are we happy? Faster. What are we? He thinks he should be faster. Uh, he just thinks that he's too slow. He's speeding in school zones. Yeah. Someone should tell him to calm down. I like it. I like that he expects yeah. it. Let's go to Dylan in Long Island. What's going on, Dylan? Hey, what's going on, Pat? AJ and the boys. How's this Monday going? Hey, not too shabby. What do you want to talk about, brother? So I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Jets fucking stink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of us Jet fans want Eric Bieniemy to come in as head coach after Adam Gase. And I just wanted to ask, how much money do you think it would take for him to come from the best team in football to the worst team in football? And does drafting Trevor Lawrence first overall draw in more coaches? Great question, Dylan. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying, well, Trevor Lawrence is going to try to pull an Eli Manning not to go to the Jets because the Jets are so bad or whatever. And I guess... I guess you could think like that if you're a fan, but if you're going to be the number one overall pick, you're probably going to a shitty team anyways. Like yeah. That's why they have the number one overall pick. And also, when it comes to coaches, same thing. Like They're not firing coaches that have a good team. So coaches know they're going to a bad team. Uh, so I think if somebody was able to get the head coaching gig for the Jets, especially with the potential opportunity for Trevor Lawrence sitting there, that's almost like a dream position for some coaches because you get a chance to have a guy, which everybody assumes Trevor Lawrence is going to be a guy. And if you win over there, Jets fans are going to be pumped. But is that franchise cursed? TBD, I Ooh. think. TBD. Well, if you're coaching or playing at a, at a place like New York, like if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're saying, okay, if the Jets are number one, is he going to try to get us get out of there? Well, the Jets are not the worst place you could go if, if you're thinking about normal like number one overall picks. Normal, like wouldn't you, wouldn't it be a lot worse to go to a team that's terrible year after year and they don't have much of a fan base? At least New York, you know, hey, if we win, they're going to be behind me. They're going to ride. They'll be ride or die forever with me and if I, I can win. Like look at Eli; he's got two Super Bowls for the Giants. It doesn't matter what else he did. And I don't know what Trevor Lawrence is about clout-wise, but if you win in New York, 
You are king. Yeah. Yeah. You are absolute king. You go right to the top of conversation. You heard Sanchez? Didn't Sanchez go do like karaoke at some backdoor weird situation? Whole team. Whoa. I don't know what that has to do with anything. What do you got, Connor? Uh, is Sam Darnold? Like a special karaoke where you go upstairs at a bar All and right. tell a story on your show. Yeah, yeah. He told us a story about this restaurant he go to, and then after a certain time, the night would become karaoke, That's and right. you sit at the table, and you sing from the table, mm-hmm. and if you're bad, they mute you, and they let the backup singer sing it. And he just wanted to know if... If he was muted or not, and they said he wasn't, he could really sing. And we learned good, that with yeah. that baby alien on fucking mass singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Sam Darnold going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns next year? Oh, wow, that's a great question, huh? The so, Browns potentially are looking for somebody. I guess this is a proving year for Baker. Baker knows it. The Browns know it. Everybody knows it. After what happened yesterday with that Steelers defense, I don't think we can just judge because the Steelers defense is going to make a lot of people look average. But this is a big year for Baker, and who knows? The jury's still out. I'd assume in Barry Court. Well, he's got to be consistent. That's the thing. Like, if we, if you want to prove to us that you're our franchise quarterback, well, you need to consistently play well. And you never know. It seems like week to week what you're getting, not only with the whole Browns team, but also Baker Mayfield. We have some update uh, here on the Browns. Tight end David Njoku would like to get traded before the November 3rd deadline per Mary Kay Kabat. Uh, the former first-round pick has only played in three games this season, has had five receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown is everything burning in cleveland after a loss to the pittsburgh steelers after a four and one start for the first time since 1971 seems like it. same old brownies oh, yeah, year after year after year on. after year pittsburgh steelers fans are pumped about that obviously i don't know why because i don't know <laughs> bring him in think yeah but david and could end up with the new england patriots oh, yeah. all right that's the show hey there ain't nothing like an overreaction Monday. I'm, I'm happy we all got through it, by the way. I'm happy we, you know, battled through our demons of not thinking that the world is collapsing for some of our favorite teams or potentially predicting one team to be maybe the greatest team in the history of football or a player to do that. But that's what overreaction Monday is all about. Be a friend, tell a friend. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday tomorrow is probably going to be one of the most interesting conversations you've ever heard. Yeah, I'd say so. We knew he wasn't going to go undefeated. There's only one team that has done that, the 1972 Dolphins. And I think we were all wondering, what will a conversation with him after a loss be like? I'm intrigued. I think you should tell a friend about it. Pat McAfee Show 2.0 is one that we can't thank you enough for listening to. There's a lot of things that you can allow to penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you allow us to do it, we are very, very thankful. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We'll see y'all manana. Have the greatest Monday and Monday night football games of your entire life. Hopefully we all bankrupt FanDuel. Cheers. See you manana.